You're listening to Season 2 of the Penny Hill Practice Podcast. This episode was recorded in March 2021. Hello once more and a very warm welcome back to our podcast brought to you by Pedital Practice. I am Dr. Jeff Hamp. Hello, I'm Dr. Sam McGinley. We hope you're all doing really well and having a lovely Easter break. Now, did you hear last week's episode? We had a really interesting episode on long COVID, which is the next in our series of podcasts on coronavirus as we move forward. We think it was a really good episode and one we've been looking forward to doing for some time. So if you haven't caught it already, please do go back and have a listen. Yes, that's right. Now, a quick question for you. Are there any topics you'd like us to cover or a guest you'd like us to have on? We've received lots more ideas, so thank you if you've contacted us recently. We will promise we'll look at them all and see how we can cover them in our podcasts. But if you have any ideas, messages or tips, or you want to get in touch with us, or maybe even just say hello, why don't you email us? Or you can use our contact form on the website, or you can tweet us or DM us at the PHP Podcast if you're on Twitter. All of our contact details are in the show notes. Now, what's on the podcast this week, Sam? Well, Jeff, this week we are talking about acne. And actually, I'm pretty sure most of us will have been affected by this at some time or other. We get lots of questions about acne and we thought it'd be a really good topic to cover. Yes, this is going to be a great episode and should hopefully be really useful. Now, before we start, just a reminder that April is Stress Awareness Month. Stress Awareness Month has been running every April since 1992, and the aim is to increase public awareness of the causes and the cures for stress, especially in modern society. Now, did you know that according to the Mental Health Foundation, 74% of UK adults have felt so stressed at some point over the last year, they felt overwhelmed or not able to cope? Yes, millions of us in the UK experience high levels of stress, and to put it quite simply, high levels of stress is damaging to our health. Stress significantly impacts on mental health and can cause anxiety and depression. It is also linked to physical health problems such as heart disease, problems with the immune system, insomnia and digestive problems. Individually, we need to understand what is causing us personal stress and learn what steps we can take to reduce it for ourselves and those around us. The theme for Stress Awareness Month 2021 is regaining connectivity, certainty and control. And this year, the Stress Management Society is hosting a 30-day challenge. They're encouraging us all to pick one action each for our physical, our mental and our emotional well-being to carry out every day. Now, it takes 30 days to turn actions into habits. And this challenge should maximise your chances of turning useful knowledge and techniques into positive behavioural change and lower some of those stress levels. We've put details in our show notes. And before we move on to the topic of today, I just wanted to bring up our usual infection control section. So please keep going with the hard work at infection control, social distancing, shielding that you've all been doing so far, especially those of you who have had to or who are currently isolating due to testing positive for coronavirus. Wash your hands really well with hot water and soap. Wash them frequently for at least 20 seconds. Remember to do this when you get into your house or when you get into work. Definitely do this before you eat or drink anything, after you've coughed, sneezed or blown your nose, and before you touch your face, mouth, eyes or nose. And please, if you are at risk of contracting coronavirus or you have one or more risk factors that might make you more likely to become ill or need hospital treatment or even die from coronavirus, then please really do take up your offer of a coronavirus immunisation when it's offered to you. Please. Yes, please do. So, so have you got your cup of tea handy? Because we're about to start this week's interesting episode on acne. Enjoy!
Okay, so this week we're talking about acne, which is a very common skin condition that most people will experience at some stage in their life. It causes spots and oily skin, and the acne can be hot or painful. Sam, did you suffer with acne as a teenager? I did actually, Jeff. I suffered with quite severe acne in my teens, which dwindled into my 20s, but yeah, it did last until my mid-20s. Gosh. How about you? Yes, I did have acne, definitely. And I remember having acne and also seeing pictures and looking back at pictures of pictures of my acne and thinking how bad it looked uh, looking back at it now. Well, acne tends to develop in three places. So the face, the back and the shoulders, and then the chest. Most people with acne have facial acne. And about half of people have back acne and about 15% have acne on their chest. Yes, and as well as the three common places it appears, there are six main types of spot caused by acne. There are blackheads, these are small black or yellow bumps, that are black not because of dirt, but because of the coloured lining of the hair follicle. There are also whiteheads, these are similar to blackheads, but may be firmer and don't empty when squeezed. Papules are another form of acne, these are small red bumps that can be sore to touch. Then there are pustules, which are like papules, but they've got a white tip and they are filled with pus. And nodules also exist. These are harder lumps that form under the skin and these are often very painful. And finally, you can get a cystic form of acne or literally forming cysts. These are large, often filled with pus and can lead to scarring. So what causes acne? Well, acne occurs when the hair follicles in the skin become blocked. In our skin, we have sebaceous glands, and these are attached to the hair follicles. Their job is to lubricate the hair and the skin to stop it drying out, and they secrete an oily substance which we call sebum. Now, in acne, the glands produce too much sebum, and this mixes with dead skin cells, and they plug the follicle, causing it to bulge outwards, which causes a whitehead, or a blackhead if the plug is deep down. Now, if the bacteria that live normally and naturally on our skin then infect the plug follicles, you can get the papules, pustules, nodules and cysts that Sam described. So the question is why teenagers get acne? Well, we know that during puberty there are increased levels of testosterone in both boys and girls. In boys, this increased testosterone will stimulate growth and sex organ development, and in girls it allows muscle and bone strength to be maintained. Our sebaceous glands are very sensitive to hormones, and this increase in testosterone causes the glands to make too much sebum. And acne does tend to run in families, so if your parents had acne, it's likely you will too. We also see acne in women, and again, this is thought to be due to the sebaceous glands being very sensitive to hormone changes. So some women may notice a flare of acne before their periods, and many women have acne symptoms in pregnancy, usually in the first three months or the first trimester. Certain medications, cosmetic products, smoking and wearing items that place pressure on the skin can also cause acne, which explains why a lot of people have had acne whilst wearing their face masks. But as with everything, there are a lot of things that people are told cause acne that actually don't. So we know that poor diet and having dirty skin will not cause acne. Sexual activity neither makes acne worse or better. Sunbeds and sunbathing do not make acne better. And squeezing your spots certainly does not make acne better. In fact, it can make it worse and can lead to scarring. Very true, Sam. It's not just your mum or dad having a go at you when they tell you to stop squeezing your spots. Squeezing them can cause infection and scarring. And given that, as we said at the beginning, everyone with acne tends to have some on their face, having permanent facial scarring isn't something you want to be left with. 
But there are some things you can do and we would like you to do before you see your doctor. So firstly, don't overwash your skin. More than two to three times a day can irritate the skin and make the symptoms worse. Now, when you do wash, use a mild soap or a cleanser and warm water. Not hot, not cold. Don't squeeze your spots. Avoid using too much makeup and cosmetics as these can block the pores. Use water-based products that are what we call non-comedogenic. That means don't tend to cause spots. Remember to remove all your makeup before going to bed. Wash your hair regularly and avoid letting it fall across your face if you have long hair. And if you have dry skin, use a fragrance-free water-based emollient. Mm, And as well as these actions, you can buy creams, lotions and gels from your local pharmacy. These contain a low concentration of benzoyl peroxide, which is an antiseptic and helps reduce the number of bacteria on your skin and reduce the number of white and blackheads, as well as having an anti-inflammatory effect on the skin. It is important to use it sparingly and be careful not to get it on your hair or your clothes as it can bleach. It can make your skin dry or cause a redness to the skin and it can make your skin sensitive to light, so be careful. But most side effects are mild and last for the six weeks of treatment before going once you finish. And one other little tip actually that I learned is that gels will tend to be the most drying. So if you do Mm. find that your skin goes very dry using a gel over-the-counter treatment, perhaps try a cream or a lotion instead. Yeah, very true. Now, we don't recommend devices that are designed to clear out blackheads or whiteheads. We certainly don't recommend chemical peels and we don't recommend light therapy. There's just not good evidence that these treatments work, no matter what it may say on the adverts. And it is a bit of an old wives' tale, but we don't recommend using toothpaste. Toothpaste contains chemicals that can irritate the skin and make your acne worse. Now, they've always said use toothpaste because it's often antibacterial, but the other chemicals in there often irritate the skin. Indeed. Now, if your acne is moderate or severe, or the treatments from the pharmacy haven't worked, you probably need to speak to your GP. It is important to say you do need to have tried the other treatments first, and this is because as well as anything we prescribe you, we will ask you to continue the other treatments in addition to that. They all work together, rather than instead of each other. Now, the first thing we will probably try is an antibiotic, usually as a cream preparation, And this is something that you will put directly onto the affected skin. Normally it's come as a lotion or a gel that's applied once or twice a day. We advise you to use the treatment for at least eight weeks before we know whether it has worked or not. So please don't worry if you don't see immediate results. Now, if the topical antibiotics don't work, so those ones that you put on your skin, we might look at giving you tablet antibiotics. Again, it can take eight weeks before you notice the difference, and you're likely to be on these for four to six months. We do ask you to make sure you take them as prescribed, as missing doses means your acne can flare up and get worse due to antibiotic resistance. Some of the antibiotics shouldn't be given to you if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, and if you aren't, and we do use these antibiotics, you'll need to make sure you don't get pregnant whilst taking them, as they can affect the baby. Some of the antibiotics we use can also make your skin more sensitive to sunlight and can also make the pill less effective in the first few weeks, so you do need to be aware of this. If you're female, we can also use the contraceptive pill to help with acne and we may recommend a combined oral contraceptive pill, even if you aren't sexually active. Again, no, this isn't a quick fix and you may find it takes up to 12 months to show its full benefits. Now, if we've tried all of these treatments and things still aren't getting any better, we may refer you to a dermatologist or a skin specialist. Now, they have access to different treatments for acne, but these treatments can only be prescribed by them. 
Remember, acne is very common and more common in girls between the age of 14 and 17 and boys between 16 and 19. Most people will have acne on and off for several years before their symptoms start to improve as they get older. And most people find acne disappears when they get to their mid-twenties, regardless of any treatment prescribed by a GP. But some people can have acne into adult life. About 3% of adults over 35 have acne, and this isn't to be confused with another form of acne called acne rosacea, which we'll cover in another episode. And that brings us to the end of our podcast on acne. Yes, it's really a very common problem and we know that it can affect people's confidence and self-esteem and we do encourage you to come and speak to us about it. Yes, and it can be a cause of bullying and isolation, so although most people don't suffer to that degree, it is important to understand why it can be a problem. But I think really importantly, what we said at the beginning is true. Really do try not to pick your acne because that is what causes scarring. And that scarring can be permanent and affects you long after your acne has gone. That's very true. Very true. Okay, so what's coming up next week, Sam? Well, next week, Jeff, we have our podcast on skin moles and other skin lesions. Now, that should be a really good episode. And again, another thing we see commonly in general practice and something that probably everybody has. Remember, if you've enjoyed listening today, please let us know, let a friend know, leave us a like or a star rating on your podcast app, and make sure you have subscribed on your app so you know when next week's episode goes live next Monday. We love to hear the feedback we get from you, our listeners. Yes, we really do, and please do keep up the comments and suggestions and questions coming in. We hope you have a lovely week, and we will see you next Monday on the podcast. Look after yourselves and each other. Bye. Bye-bye. The Penicill Practice Podcast is created, written and hosted by Dr. Jeff Hamp and Dr. Sam McGinley. It's produced by Dr. Jeff Hamp. Any references to infection control and social distancing were valid in the UK at the time of recording. Music